Yes, we are back. I know we haven't been gone for long, people, but we are now going to take a look at UFC 257 Poirier v McGregor 2, the repeat, the sequel, six years in the making, and this is a good card. There's been some issues, people, and we go into those, but um, yeah. Let's, uh, you know, let's break it down and see if we can have a better going than we did on Wednesday. All right, so sit back and let's get this popping. Okay, people, so it is um, finally here. UFC 257, Poirier v McGregor 2. And this marks the last... Of um, this current Fight Island trip. So, um, <laughs> man, a lot went down today, right? So, um, you know, there's there's the weighings and everything like that, which basically, people, this is the second time I'm recording this <laughs> because, yeah, a lot of things happened. It. it it threw a few fights off, and I was just going to add an amendum to the end, and I thought, you know what, let me just go back in, and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll sort it all out, right, so we were initially scheduled to have 12 fights, that changed, right, so um, we lost a fight, you know, Shit happens, you know what I mean? Stuff happens, it's, it's irritating, but, you know, it is what it is. You know, so we, um, yeah, we lost um, Ottman, Azatar, and Matt Frivola. You know, that, it got scrapped. You know, so, um, like, no one really knew uh, what the situation was. Right, so I think at first you just thought that because uh, it happened at the beginning of the weigh-ins, you know, just word came down that um, Azatar, you know, he's not weighing in. So you know, we thought, oh, maybe he's ill, you know, something like that. Fravola did weigh in though, you know, he he hit weight, it was all good. Right, so then um, Nazrat Hatparast, he uh, word came down that he was ill. So um, he wasn't able to uh, to weigh in, and our man Taskurin, he weighed, but he came in heavy. You know, three pounds over, hit one hundred and fifty nine pounds. So you're just like, oh no, what's gonna happen, right? So um, we will get to that. But yes, it, it kind of affected the the shuffle and all of that. But as it is, we get 11 fights. So it's a pay-per-view. So we get the early prelims, the prelims, and the main card. We start off in the early prelims with a flyweight showdown. We've got Amir Alabazi against um, Zalgas. Zamagulov, which, um, yeah, should be an interesting one. Now, let's take a look. 
So, um, Zalagulov, right, he's uh, 14 and 3. 14 and 3. Uh, he's coming off a loss in his last fight, right, which was... Um, yeah, that was his UFC debut. So he came in against some um, Rulon Paviev, who's you know it's a it's a tough fight, right? That went down November last year, um, and uh, you know it was the last Fight Island stint of twenty twenty. It's UFC two fifty one Usman v Mastrodal. Right, which um, you know, that was a fun card, you know what I mean? But uh yeah, he, he lost a, a unanimous decision. Before that though, man, he'd been on a four fight win streak. You know, so um all decision wins, but yeah, he, he got the job done. Um and in his career you know, he's pulled off seven, seven TKO wins, you know, which is well, not bad. You know, out of your fourteen wins, half have been stoppages, so that's that's decent. No submissions though, but um, you know, it's always good to know that uh, someone's hands are pretty tasty. Now on the flippy flip, he's going up against uh, Alabazi. Right, who's eleven and two, and um, yeah, he is. He's coming off a couple of wins, you know. One of those being his UFC debut. So he debuted at um, again on Fight Island, right? And I think it was it was the first Fight Island fight. Benavides against Figueredo. Right, so that was July last year, you know, and it was a submission of Malcolm Gordon. Right, he was able to um, pull that one off. Always a good look, you know what I mean? Uh, so yeah, coming into that, you know, he as I said, look, he was coming off the win, right, and um. Yeah, he he's got a, a you know a really good you know record really and a, a very a mixed record as well. So three TKOs, seven submissions, which means only one win, one of his you know eleven wins come by decision. Pretty impressive, right? Now. When you look at, um, you know, you, you, you compare the two, you know, they, they match up well, right? Match up well, I would say. Albazi just has a, a slight advantage, you know, one inch in the height, um, one and a half in your arm reach, and two in the leg reach. Okay, so there's not a lot. Into it, I think the big thing that comes into this one is um, the fact that Albazi has the submission finishes, right? So they both have TKO, but Albazi has those, um, you know, those sub finishes, 
And yeah, I, I think that's going to be the difference here. So I'm picking him to be able to run, yeah, get the win. I think it's going to be a fun fight, though. You know, a real fun fight. Which then, that leads us to the next fight. It's a catch weight between Nick Lentz and Mobsa Ivalov. So, um, yeah, you know. That's a, it's a good matchup, right? I, I I can't remember when this was added because you know both usually fight at featherweight, but um yeah you know if, if it was a short notice addition yeah that's why it'd be one fifty, but all right let's take a look now. Lentz he's a vet right? He's twenty eight eleven and two. And, you know, he's coming off two losses Two losses in the his last outings Which was Arnold Allen So that was January last year On the Blades v. Dos Anjos card you know, So um, that was a unanimous decision And then before that it was Charles Oliveira And that, that was... Eight May, sorry, May 2019. Okay, and that was a uh, referee stoppage. It was actually the second time he um, he fought Oliveira, right? So, um, you know, he's fought Oliveira featherweight, and that time was at lightweight. You know, because uh, yeah, Lent, you know, he he moved up to lightweight for a little bit. Um, you know, and I don't, I think he just felt, eh, it's not, I don't know, it's not working as well Although, you know, he, he pulled off, I mean, let's have a look, he pulled off, um, five wins So five wins at lightweight, but I, I think it might have been one of those ones where because, you know, Cowboy got wins at welterweight, but because you don't have to cut, right, um, yeah, it's kind of like, well, you, you, you know, you're not putting the same effort in, right, so, um, yeah, I think that might have been the reason he, he moved back down to featherweight, but, you know, that's here or there. Now, um, Lentz, you know, he's fought everyone. Everyone, you know, he's been in with some top guys Chad Mendes, Manny Gamburian, Danny Castile, um, Evan Dunnan, you know, as I said, look, Oliveira twice, Tyson Griffin, you know, Tiago Tavez, man, like Will Brooks, Gray Maynard, you know, what I mean? like he, he's fought some really tough. Opposition And you know He's going up against The unbeaten Ivalov Who is 13 and 0 13 and 0 You know Yeah um, He's fought in the UFC Three times so far You know His last fight was against Mike Grundy Pulled off a Pretty conclusive victory in that one 
you know, Grundy didn't really just, man, he, he didn't have a chance, really, Avalov was just all over him, you know, uh, and that was on Fight Island as well, right, so, um, yeah, there is that, and I think, look, so all these fights in the in the UFC have been decisions, but outside of the UFC, whew, even love was just running through people. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, out of the ten fights, eight of them stoppages, and the other two uh, were just um, you know decisions, right? So uh, yeah, pretty in. Impressive, you know, he's versatile with um TKOs or submissions, and I, you know, what I kind of feel that, yeah, I, I, I just think Evilov is just, you know, he, he's well, he's coming on the on the win streak, you know, Linz, although, you know, not to say coming off two losses. That doesn't mean you mean you're in that mindset. She's dangerous. This lens knows he doesn't want a third. Doesn't want a third. I don't think he'd be cut on it with a third loss back to back. But you don't want that. You know, you definitely don't want that. But you know, when they match up, right? So lens, he's an inch taller at five foot eight. Um. But Ivalov, he's got a four and a half inch reach um, on the arms. Now, Lenz has a three inch reach on the legs. You know, but, you know, Ivalov has a, you know, he's got a bigger submission, um, you know, ad- advantage. 31%. He's got, um, you know, a better defense, 46%. Yeah I, yeah, I think Ivalov takes this fight. You know, it is a great matchup and a, a good way to lead into the prelims proper. Okay, so we have four fights on the prelims, and um, yo, these are good fights, people. Good fights. I, you know what? I will note. Um, hmm. Yeah, I, I think this. Yeah, I think it's might be the return of Khalil Roundtree. I think. Um and yeah, he we you know, we start off with Roundtree, right? So it is Khalil Roundtree against Marcin Prak um Prachnio, right? Which is a uh, a light heavyweight clash. It's our soul light heavyweight clash. Onto, onto the oh, well, Saturday's card, right now. Um, Roundtree, he is eight and four in uh, you know his fighting career, and he is coming off a loss in his last fight. Hmm. No. Yes. He. Uh, no. He actually. Yeah. He fought last year. Hmm. Um. And that was September. September last year, uh, UFC on ESPN plus 18, where he went up against Yayan Kutalabra. Yeah, I, you know, I remember that fight. I thought Roundtree was going to get it done. But, um, yeah, Kutalabra looked 
very good. Um, he has um, kind of just gone a bit back and forth with the wins and the losses. Although, right, it did seem that he's, he's you know, found a new sense to his fighting. Right? Found a new sense. He went to Thailand and... Um, Yo, yo, just re-kind of invented his style Right, which we, we, you know, we saw against um, Eric Anders You know, he has a completely new kind of fighting style And he's looking good, but yeah <sighs> That Kutaraba fight did not go his way Man, that ended quick Ended real quick um, Now Roundtree, you know, during his fight, he's been able to get five um, TKOs. Five TKOs. Uh, you know, when he talks uh, in interviews and stuff like that, it, it sounds like, you know, jiu-jitsu isn't, you know, it's not his favourite thing, but I feel he has been working on it. Um, hasn't got any submission wins thus far, though. Right, and um, yeah, he's stepping in there with um, Prachnio, who is 12 and 5. 12 and 5, you know, he's um, yeah, had a bit of a tough time since coming to the UFC, you know, like um, he moved over from uh, from one, right, where he was um, yeah. Doing, you know, doing some good things. Like, oh, he had three fights in one. No, four fights in one. All of them, all of them wins. All of them wins. Just one to a decision. All the others were stoppages. Yeah. You know, he, he was just, yeah, he, he's been um, doing a good job of things. But... Yeah, since he came to the UFC, I think mean, he has had some tough fights. You know, he fought uh, Sam Alvey, um, Mag Magnaded Ankalivev, and um, Mikel Rodriguez, uh, and yeah, just didn't go his way. The last fight was in August last year. You know, um. So yeah, it's been a bit tough. So you know, you know, this one, it is kind of make or break for him. You think a fourth loss, that could very well be it. It could be the calling card. All right. So he's got nine knockouts, nine knockouts, nine TKOs on the record. Right, so you think, ah, that, I mean, that's decent, right? It's decent. So, what's going to happen when him and a round tree go up against each other? Um, yeah, so, you know, Prachnio, he's two inches taller at six foot three. Uh, round tree has the reach, both in arm and leg. So, he's seven 76.5, so he's got two and a half inches on the arms and two inches on the legs with a 44 inch leg reach. You know, um, 
I mean, Prachnio has the you know slightly bigger knockout percentage, 77, and Roundtree is 67. Right, so you know that is tight. It is tight, but I'm kind of feeling that Roundtree has he he's been in there with the the tougher of the competition. I feel. You know, they only the tougher of the competition. Like Kutalabra, Eric Anders, Gokum Saki, you know, Paul Craig, Daniel Jolly, Tyson Pedro, Andrew Sanchez. You know, what I mean? like some real tough dudes. You know I mean, so yeah, I, I, I think Roundtree is going to be able to um, get it done. Yeah, you know, he went through season 23 of The Ultimate Fighter. So, yeah, he, he's been through some, you know, grueling stuff, right? And, um, you know, like when you hear about his background, he, you know, he's definitely, he's used to that struggle. So, yeah, I, I think he's going to be able to um, get it done. But, <laughs> people, there's no doubt. Pracnio is going to be tough It's going to be tough It's not going to be a walkover And remember as I said He's fighting for his career here I, Okay that, That's a slightly hyperbole he's, he's fighting for his Possibly his UFC contract Not his career he go, He'll be out to fight after, you know, Win or lose after this But yeah like A fourth straight loss That could be it for him So um you know, he's definitely going to be dangerous, but yeah, I, I think Roundtree is, um, he's going to be able to, uh, get the win, so our next fight, people, is, um, we jump over to the latest bantamweight division, and it's the first of three, um, fights in the women's divisions, you know, and, um, yeah, we hit, Three of those divisions, okay, so that's not bad, right? We have Juliana Penner against Sarah McMahon, so yeah, it's gonna be a good one. So, the Venezuelan vixen, Venezuelan vixen, I believe that's um, Penner's her pseudonym, hmm, yeah, I mean, that's right. She is eight and four. Currently, uh, she's um, you know, coming off a loss in her last fight, which was against Romaine Durangemi, um, and that was October last year. Um, yeah, it was a crazy one because Durangemi, she was able to pull off her first ever submission victory. Right, it was the whole the home Aldana fight card. Um, now, before that, she'd um, got a win over you know Nico Montana, but yeah, it was just um, you know because yeah she'd been out with injuries. Um, you know she had a kid. She came back against Montana, got the win, but then injuries again kept her out. Um, and, uh, yeah, she wasn't able to, uh, get it done, she did look a bit flat against Durandamy, to be honest with you, 
Right, so, um, yeah, she's had three TKOs and two submissions in her career. You know, but, uh, you know, she's going up against McMahon, who's 12 and 5. You know, she's uh, coming off a win in her last fight, which was against Alina Landsberg. So this went down on the Blades v. Dos Anjos card, which was January last year. You know, um, now that was a good win for her, but she'd been coming off two losses, you know, against um, Ketlin Da Silva and Marion Renou. You know, two submission losses. You know, so that is a definitely an interesting point, right? Um, but yeah, you know, she'd uh, before that had three back-to-back wins: Jessica I, Alexis Davis, and Gina Mazza. So um, you know, we know she's tough. She's a Olympic wrestler. So, yeah, definitely a tough fighter. She's fought um, in Invicta. And, um, yeah, she's been in the UFC since 2013. Made a debut at UFC 159. Jones v. Sonnen. Got a win over Shayla Gaff. So, um, yeah, you know, that's definitely not an easy fight. Gaff was a um, a veteran of the ladies' game. You know, so, um, you know, it's it's an interesting fight, right? Interesting fight, for sure. Now, um, Penna, she won the Ultimate Fighter Season 18. You know, she yeah, she ran through that one. Um, you know, she's also got a win over um Mazani as well. So they have a common uh, a po- well, they've got a couple. There's um, you know, she's also beat Jessica Rye. So yeah, they've got some opponents in common. Both um have wins over them. But I think they they're both well experienced. And I, you know, look, I think McMahon has been caught in submissions before, and um, Penna, she can hit those submissions, right? But I think the thing that might um, separate this fight is the takedowns, right? Is the takedowns. Now, Durandamy was able to get Penna down. Yeah, and, and that seemed to be a big one because I think she seemed to struggle. Now, as I said, look, she did seem flat in that fight. But I think McMahon, since, um, you know, f- moving over to uh, Alpha Male, right, we've, we've seen a, a, a different Sarah McMahon. You know, she seems a lot more focused. A lot more focused, you know, tougher. So, uh, you know, I, I think that, um, yeah, I think McMahon is uh, going to be able to get this one. I, I, you know what I mean? I, I think she's going to be able to um, pull out the win. Now, if 
the you know the the Juliana Penner the man just streaked back in the day you know, he that just pulled off those huge wins and you thought man was on you know close to a title fight right i i i think you know she definitely could get the win but yeah, I, I, I'm not sure, like, even the Penna that beat Montana, ah, yeah, I don't think she would have a chance against McMahon, so, yeah, it all depends on if Penna has um, got back to that old form yet, but, um, you know, if not, yeah, it's definitely um, McMahon who I feel is going to uh, get the win here. So next up we jump all the way to the middleweight division And we've got Brad Tavares against Antonio Carlos Jr Yeah, so, um, you know, Tavares, he is 17 and 6 17 and 6 Here he, he is, um definitely been around for a long time Right, he, he, you know, he came to the UFC via the Ultimate Fighter. Right, so that was, gosh, I can't remember what season it was. I know it was in 2010. But yeah, I can't remember what season. It was a season that Colt McGee won. But um, yeah, you know, um, but yeah, so he, you know, he's been in the UFC for a decade now. You know, um, yeah, he's put together some runs, you know, but then there's been some losses. I, you know, he, he fought Yoel Romero back in the day. He, he, it might have been Yoel Romero's first fight in the UFC, if I remember rightly. But, um, yeah, I can't remember. But, you know, he's beat, you know, he beat Lorenzo Larkin, who's, you know, no joke. Beat Nate Marquardt, you know. So, um, yeah, he's had some good wins, but he's coming off of a couple of losses. Now, when you when we look at the opponents, they're, they're, they're tough opponents, right? So his last loss was against Edmund Shabassian. So that was um, November 2019, right? And the loss before that was Israel Adesanya. <laughs> yeah, he and that and that fight, people. That was the I think that was the fight after the Vittori win. You know, Adesanya had beaten Marvin Vittori, then he beat Vad, um, Brad Tavares, who is better wrestling. I kind of I think that was the fault back in the day, right? And so everyone thought, oh. Well, Brad's going to take him down because, because, yeah, I think that's what people thought back in the day You know what I mean? Like, oh, Vittori got Adesanya with the wrestling So, yeah, Tavares will be able to do that And, man, Adesanya really just put on a great display, right? And that was when everyone realised, oh, <laughs> Adesanya is getting better every single friggin' fight, right? But, um, yeah you know what I mean? So those two losses, man. You know what I mean? 
But you think before those two losses, he'd won four back to backs. You know, so um, yeah. Now Tavares, he has had issues with injuries. I mean, as you can see with those Adesanya twenty eighteen, and then Shabassian twenty nineteen, right? So yeah, he he's had had some problems with injuries. You know, which um, yeah, yeah, it's not the best. You know, he's he's had five TKOs and two submissions. In his uh, career, right, uh, he's going up against um, Shoeface, right. So he's eleven and four, and um, he's also on a two-fight losing streak, right. So um, and again, when you look at the competition, right. So Uriah Hall in September twenty nineteen. And um, Ian Heinish, that was um, May 2019. Now, the whole fight was a split decision because, man, Shoeface, he looked so good in that second round. I think even at the start, in the first round, even at the start of the second, he was looking decent. But then Hall was just... Switched it around, won the second, and then won the third. You know, but um, yeah, you know, but um, you know, he's had he's had some good wins. He went on a uh, he went on a nice run, went on a real nice run. You know, he so he came to the UFC in twenty fourteen, December twenty fourteen. Um, he lost to Pat Cummings, right? But then after that, he, uh, you know, beat Ed Gordon, drew with, well, had a non-contest with Kevin Casey, lost to Daniel Kelly, but, yeah, then went on a five-fight win streak. Five-fight win streak. And one of those wins, Marvin Vittori, you know, Eric Spicely, Jack Marshman, Tim Boscht. So, um, yeah, you know, and, and yeah, three of those, no, four of those wins were submissions. Right? So, um, yeah, he he's tough. He's a tough fighter. So this one, it's definitely interesting. Definitely interesting. In his career, he's had seven um seven submissions in total. You know? So yeah, I, I think there's a lot of uh yeah, there's a lot of questions here because they are matched up pretty well, really, when you uh yeah, when you think about it, you know. So, looking at the tail of the tape, um, yeah, so, you know, Carlos Jr., he's an inch taller at 6'2", he's got a 5-inch reach advantage on the arms with a 79, um, Tavares has a 1-inch advantage on the legs with a 43, and I think the biggest disparity is in um, the you know the the punching power, because you know Tavares has some TKO wins, and um, Carlos Junior has none. 
Like, has none. So I think that's that's the big thing. Now, we, we've seen um, Carlos Jr. hit hard. He had Uriah Hall in some difficulties in that first round of their fight. So, yeah, that's the question. Will Tavares be able to, um, you know, put him away? Or can Carlos Jr. get Tavares to the ground and submit him? I'm going to... I think I'm going to... Yeah. Or I feel I'm going to say... Right? That... Uh, I think... Um, Carlos Jr. gets the win. Yeah. I, I, I think... He's going to be able to... Uh, I think he'll pull off a submission win. Yeah. yeah. He's going to be close, though. It's going to be close. You know? Hey, they both are fighting to um, get back on the win streak. You know, neither wants that third consecutive loss. So, yeah, it will be interesting. But, um, yeah, I'm going with Carlos Jr. here. So, after all the drama of the weigh-ins, oh, man, so, um, Armin Taskayun, he stays in the headline fight of the prelims, right, so, he, he went back, and, you know, you get another opportunity. Well, I guess depending on the time you weigh in. So he was given, had some more time. He went, he was able to cut two more pounds, right? So he eventually came back and weighed 157. Still a pound over. So he still misses weight. But Matt Frivola agreed to um fight him after losing his opponent so um yeah Whew. we uh, still get a fight so that's what made it 11 fights you know so yeah our last fight on the prelims is Armin Tuskurian against Matt Fravola and yeah it's meant to be a you know a lightweight clash at 155 pounds but Tuscarian missed. Right, so um yeah. How is this gonna go? That is the question. Now Tuscurian, he is nine and one. Nine and one. He's had um three fights so far in the UFC. So um he lost his debut. That was against Islam Mashavov um, in April 2019, but then he won the next two. So Olivier Aubon Mercier and then Davi Ramos. Ramos fight was July um, last year. So on, um, yeah, that was on Fight Island. That, yeah, that fight was on a fight island. Um and uh yeah, so he won those two those next two fights. Right? So he's had two TKOs and two submissions 
in um yeah in his fights and the rest have uh been decision wins you know so yeah he's not you know not a uh, not a bad record you know especially you know when you he's had nine well ten fights you know so not bad but he's going up against you know the steamroller right who is Eight one and one, so they've had the same amount of fights. Um, Favola, he's been in the UFC slightly longer, right? So, um, yeah, this will be his fifth fight, fifth fight in the UFC. So, he made his debut in uh, January 2018. Um, he Lost that one. He was a. Poof. I remember that was a back and forth fight, back and forth fight, and he got caught. You know, so he then drew with Lando Venada, which again another just a brawl. Um, he got the win over Jalen Turner and then Luis Pena. You know the um the Pena fight that was um October twenty nineteen. So, yeah, he's had some injuries and some fights have fallen through. Uh, so, um, you know, this is his first fight since then. So, hasn't um, been to... I don't think he's been to Fight Island. He may have gone as a training partner. I can't remember, to be honest with you. You know, but, um, yeah, Frivola, he's... Um, you know, he's had a TKO and three submissions. Like he's um you know, he trains a lot of the time with um Matt Sarah's crew, right? Because he's he's friends with um some of their guys. Right? So um we know that he's you know, he trained with some good fighters and all of that. And yeah, they they do kind of um they match up pretty well. You know, so um you know, they both got TKO wins, they've both got the submissions and roughly the same amount. You know, so it, yeah, it, it it's um it's a very well put together fight this one. You know? It's an interesting uh it's an interesting fight. Um, yeah, I think one of the the biggest things might be the fact that um, you know Tasgurian has gone to fight Ireland. Right, that might be the you know the biggest kind of thing that um, yeah goes there. I don't know. Right, so um, when you uh, looked at the tape to see huh, how do they match up. So Favola, he's a couple of inches taller at 5'9". Tuskurian, he's got an inch and a half reach. But Favola has an inch on the legs. So it is pretty even. Yeah, it is pretty even. Um... Now, Frivola's got a, it seems like he's got a better de- defense average, you know, 
Um, he's got a slightly better submission average. Uh, Tuskeran's got a, a slightly better, you know, knockout average. So, yeah, it, it, it it's tight. It's very tight. Now, I might give it to Frivola. I might give it to Frivola. Especially because Tuskeran had to, you know, he had two stabs at making weight. Right? Now, you know, we have to assume that he did try hard to make it because he did lose two pounds. Right? He initially weighed 159 and he came back and came in at 157. So, yeah. He might come in a little bit drained, which I think if Frivola goes for the body, that could have an impact. You know, so I'm going to say Frivola because he does push the pace. He really does push the pace and he's durable. Right? So, um, if he. Outworks it and he can get to He works that body, can get to you into the second You know, we might see Frivola Just, you know, be able to um, Take over from there But yeah, you know It's an interesting encounter People, fun fight To take us to the main card Okay, so the main Card starts With a great fight We've got Marina Rodriguez against Amanda Hibas. It's a strawweight clash. And, um, yeah, I, I have the feeling that this is really going to get things popping. So, Rodriguez, you know, she comes into the fight 12-1-2. Okay, so she's coming off a loss in her last um, time out, which, hey, it's Carla Esparza, so, you know what I mean, the former strawweight champion, right, that, that that's not an, an easy outing, before that, she, um, had a draw with Cynthia Calvillo, you know, oh, so, um, yeah, the Esparza fight was July last year, so, um, that was Fight Island, you know, it's on the Whitaker Till card. Um, she does have wins, though, over Tisha Torres. And we've seen how just fantastic Torres has looked of late. She's uh, Jessica Agliar, you know, who, um, yeah, she, man, she was um, a former killer. So another good win. She drew with Randa Marcos. You know, she's been in there with some decent fighters. You know, so she um, came to, uh, yeah, she came to the UFC off the back of the Brazilian edition of Dana White's Contender Series. You know, um, in the UFC, um, all the fights have been draws, like, sorry, decisions. Her wins have come from decisions. But, you know, outside, she does have five TKOs. Does have five TKOs. And um, she's got uh, one submission. You know, so, yeah, she can finish a fight. Her last stoppage was um, a TKO in February 2017. Okay. So, um, yeah, there was that. Now... She, 
she's going up against um, Amanda Ibas, right? Who's seven and one, and um, yeah, she's won her last four. Won her last four and looked extremely good in all of those fights. You know, her last um, and only loss was in uh, Jungle Fights. So that was 2015. Yeah, and it was to Pollyanna Vienna Mota. Right, so, um, yeah, you know, it's um, one of those things, right? So, yeah, she, and that's early in her career, you know, so she lost that fight, but valuable, because, you know, we haven't seen a lose since, right, and um, since that loss, whew, yeah, she's been on a tear, so she got to the UFC in June 2019, she uh, beat Emily Whitmore, she then beat uh, Mackenzie Dern, you know, and that was a, a very interesting one because we had two um, phenomenal female fighters, both with you know legends uh, as um, you know fathers, right? Because both hers and um, Mackenzie's both just huge, huge in the jujitsu world. You know, so, um, yeah, you know, she she comes with a lot. But I think the difference between her and Mackenzie at that time were the hands. He has great hands, really sharp, you know, which is, um, yeah, really important. You know, we, we saw Mackenzie have issues because, you know, there was a point when her hands, mm, they were very weak, right? But... She understood after, um, you know, he best fight. She needed to make changes and she went out and got Jason Perillo in her camp. And we've seen the difference. But he best, she has those hands. So, the other thing as well, she's a black belt in judo, right? So, she's got all of these tools and we, we've seen those tools. You know, we, we've seen her pull off, you know, just all of these sorts of wins, right? Um, in the uh, the Marcos fight, you know, she, she just used her skill set, you know, just to dominate. You know, she's very good, very good. And, you know, you feel she has the potential to um, be a champ. She definitely has the potential to be a champ. And look, she she talks about having aspirations to, um, you know, do it at straw weight and then go to flyweight. And she's young. <laughs> she's 27. So you can definitely imagine that right, when she gets a bit older, maybe straw weight isn't going to be as easy to get to. So, yeah, a move to flyweight. You can see that. Right. But he has, she puts it together extremely well. You know, she is the the complete package. But then give her a microphone and, um, you know, she will talk it up. So, you know, she's got uh, two TKOs, two submissions in her history. Uh, 
I just think Hebas gets it done. You know, I think um yeah, I think she gets the win in this one. Um, even though Rodriguez, she's dangerous. You know, she has one submission, five TKOs. She has a few more fights, but yeah, it, if Hebas comes in just coasting, yeah, that's not gonna be good, and Rodriguez will get the upset. But if Hebas is on the form that we have seen. And I don't expect that. I expect her to be better. Yeah, Hebas gets the win here, people. You know, Hebas gets the win. So from there, we get Andrew Sanchez against Mahmoud Madadov. Right. So um, it's a middleweight clash, and hey, the these two must be very chuffed, right? Because originally. They were heading up the, um, you know, the early prelims, you know, so they get a bump due to all the craziness that has been going down, you know, so it's definitely worked out nicely in uh, in their favour, right, so um, let's take a look, right, so um, Mukbadov, he's um, 21 and 6. Whew, 21 and 6, right? That's a extremely, extremely good record. Yeah, right, so um he's who he's been on a bit of a tear of late. You know, he's um unbeaten in 18. Unbeaten in 18. God damn it. That's impressive. You know, he came to the UFC September 2019. You know, he um, then fought in December 2019. Didn't fight last year. Didn't fight last year. Which, um, yeah, you know, I've said it before. We're going we're gonna to find that with some of these fighters, you know. Especially depending on where they're living. You know, he's got his first fight in the UFC was against Alessio Decirio, right? Who we saw just the other day get the um, sensational knockout head kick win. So, um, you know, that's a good win. He's then the last win was against Trevor Smith and um, that was a KO, right? So um, his last loss... Was December 2014. Man. December 2014 people. So yeah. Think about that one. Right. On his record. You know, he's got 13 TKOs. Two submissions. So. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad right. On the flip. He goes up against Andrew Sanchez. He's 12 and 5. And I'm. Um, Sanchez is the uh, the winner of the Ultimate Fighter. Yup, people. If you forgot, yeah, Sanchez won the Ultimate Fighter. He's coming off a win in his last fight, which was in August last year. You know, it was a a KO of Wellington Terman. Um, so you know that was a a good win for him, right? So he was on season twenty-three of the Ultimate Fighter. You know, and in that season, hey, he beat Phil Hawes, right? Who's 
now in the UFC. So that was the start of Halsey's um, journey. Ultimate Fighter and then several contender series. But yeah, he beat him. Myron Dennis, Eric Spicely, and then Khalil Roundtree, who's, you know, who fought earlier on the card. They've got a um, a common p- opponent in Trevor Smith. Um, he beat um, Marcus Perez, Mark Andre Buriot. You know, he he's had a few losses. Look, he lost to Marvin Vittori. Marvin Vittori, Anthony Smith, you know, but, hey, Anthony Smith, he is, he's a badass, right, we've seen what he has done, and Ryan James, but, yeah, I definitely think there was a period of time when Sanchez, I, I don't know, he just seemed he wasn't, he'd lost some sort of focus in there, which he seems to have got back, Right, seems to have got that focus back, and we're seeing better performances out of him. So within his, uh, you know, career and everything like that, he's got six TKOs and two submissions. You know, so um, that's yeah, that's not bad, right? Now the two of them going head to head is it is an interesting encounter oh it, it, yeah you've got these two fighters two very good fighters right similar age you know both in their 30s mukmadov is 30 sanchez is 32 right so it's who is going to um you know Make that push, right? Which of them will make the push, and which of them will um have to go back to the drawing board? So Muradov, he's one inch taller at six two. You know he's got a one and a half inch reach advantage, and seventy five and a half with the arms. He then has a three and a half in the legs. Being 45, right? He's got a higher percentage with, um, you know, KO power in 67. Sanchez, you know, he 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 ekes him out with the submissions with a 15% and a slightly better defense with 31. Right, so um, yeah. Uh, you know, I think it shows Murdadov, he, he's got a high, slightly higher percentage of significant strikes. It's, um, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting situation, but, right, it says, when you look at the analytics, Sanchez absorbs more shots per minute. So it's more shots to a minute, which is interesting, you know. And listen, when you when you look at the fights, right? When you look at everything, like Muradov, as I said, look, he's on that eighteen fight win streak, eighteen fight win streak, and I think that's gonna be the difference, you know. Like they both. 
got a great, you know, a great set of experience, right? They both had a big chunk of fights. Muradov, he's had slightly more. He's had slightly more. He has got the, you know, 13 TKOs. 13 TKOs. Which is crazy. They both got the same amount of submissions. You know? And so I think coming in with, you know, with that just run. With that run. I think we're going to see murdered of, you know, really shine here. Um, Also... Hey, it, you know, MMA maths is, you know, whatever, whatever. But Sanchez, he got a decision over Trevor Smith. Muradov knocked him out. You know? You know, Sanchez did fight last year. That That's the one big thing. But he only fought once. You know? And I don't think that will make too much difference. If... Sanchez had fought several times, three or four times. I think that that could have been a bit more significant, but as they didn't, yeah, I don't think we look at that. So I'd say that um, Muradov, he he gets it done, you know. And then after that win, it it sets him up for something big. I kind of feel, you know. So, from there, we drop down to the ladies' flyweight division. We've got a bit of a grudge match, it would seem. So, we have Jessica Evil Eye against Dr. Neville, Joanna Calderwood. Right, so, um, yeah, Jessica, she's 15 and 8. 15 and 8. And she's coming off a loss in her last time out, which was um, to Cynthia Calvillo. You know, Calvillo did look very good in that fight. And that was in June 2020. She has alternated, you know, so um, for the um, Calvillo, she had a win over Viviana Arujo, who um, we saw put on a very good display on Wednesday. You know, so, um, yeah, there's that. She lost to Valentino Shevchenko. I think everyone's seen that knockout, right? Ugh, it was brutal at UFC 238. But she does have wins over, like, Caitlin Kagajian, um, Jessica Rose Clark, uh, Kalindra Ferreira, you know, um... But yeah, but she's also lost to Besh Carrera, Sarah McMahon, Juliana Penna, Michelle T- Misha Tate. You know, so it is, you know, hit and miss. She's been in the UFC for a while. So she came in um, October 2013, right? UFC 166. And that was um, Dos Años of the Velasquez. Right, um, so yes, now, I say it's a grudge match, it is a grudge match, her and Coldwood don't like each other, don't like each other, all stemming from weight cuts, and all of that, so Coldwood, she's 14 and 5, and she is also coming off a loss, which was the, um, yeah, is the, the the loss to Jennifer Meyer. 
lost to Jennifer Meyer, man. It was, yeah, crazy, right? So that was August last year. And with that loss, she lost her title shot. Yeah. Definitely a tough one. But you understood why Calderwood took the fight, right? Because Shevchenko, she was going to be out for a while, right? So in the end, Shevchenko, but she fought in, I want to say November, right? I believe that's when um, Shevchenko fought in the end. So, you know, she didn't want to be that, yeah, that much just sitting around because... Yeah, the fight before that, it was um September 2019, right? So, you can't be inactive against Shevchenko. Like, she understood that. So, she rolled the dice and, it, you know, it came up uh, wonky. But, you know, it, it, it's experience, right? That's the big thing. So, if, if Coldwood learns from that, then boom. It is all good. Now they've um they both got losses to like Cynthia Calvillo, you know, and um they but yeah like I Coldwood has been in there with tough people, you know, she's been in there with Kajajian, you know, Andrea Lee, right? So um Jessica Andrade, Courtney Casey. Yeah, you know, a host of tough people. Like, um, yeah, Calderwood, you know, she came to the UFC via the Ultimate Fighter. Right, so she was there. She's, um, yeah, she, she did her thing in Invicta. Right, she was on several Invicta cards. She's fought in Cage Warriors. You know, she's, um, yeah, she's been fighting since 2012. So, um, Calderwood, you know, she's legit. And before MMA, she's, um, yeah, being, she was killing it in uh, Mai Tai, right? So, she's got a lot of fighting experience. A lot of fighting experience. You know, she's got five TKOs in her career, and she's won by submission. Um, yeah, which, you know, they're, they're both... I mean, she kind of has the edge slightly with I. I's got three TKOs. She's also won by submission. You know, so um, out of the two, you'd think if anyone was going to get a knockout, it's probably going to be Coldwood. But it's probably going to go the distance. You know, so um, yeah, who is going to win? That's the big question here. Because you know that neither of them wants to take that loss. Right? So they're both five six. Right? And surprisingly enough, I has a half an inch reach advantage with the hands. Um now Calderwood, she's got a um half inch with the legs. You know, so it kind of evens itself out. And um, I definitely, sorry, Calderwood kicks a lot more than I, I would say. So, um, yeah, I, um, Calderwood has the, you know, the advantage percentage-wise with the TKOs. Um, 
you know, when you look at it, it's, it shows that Coldwood throws um, and lands the more significant shots. Yeah. Uh, the they're fairly evenish, although Coldwood, you know, she's slightly ahead with absorbed shots per minute. And um, you know, again with defense, it's it's fairly evenish, though I just tipped that one. Right? Um Yeah, I feel that Coldwood is going to um Get the nod. I think it's going to be a close one, but yeah, I think yeah, I think Coldwood just gets it, just gets it. But um, it's, it's going to be close, and afterwards they're still going to hate each other. So um, yeah, uh, there is that. But people, that that fight it takes us now to the co-main event. And this, oh, this has definitely been a fight people have been looking forward to. Because we get Dan Hooker against the debuting Michael Chandler. So Chandler, he's 21 and 5. 21 and 5. See, he's had a lot of fights. He's had a lot of fights. And he's on a two-fight win streak. Two-fight win streak, people. Um, with wins over Benson Henson in his last bout, right? Which was August last year. Um, and then he's got a win over Sydney Outlaw. So um, that fight was in December 2019. That fight was also at welterweight. Yeah, also at welterweight, right? So, um, hey, look, he's um, you know, had a bit of a war with the the Pitbull brothers, and he lost to um Patricio, right? So he lost that one, but you know, he he's the former champion in Bellator, right? So, um. Yeah, he beat Patrizzi's brother, Patricky. Oh, but their names are so freaking similar. It's so confusing. You know, so um, yeah, you know, he's he's got wins over one of the brothers, and the bigger brother came down and beat him. But um, you know, he's lost the belt. He, you know, he's held the Bellator belt three times. So. He, uh, he, you know, he he lost it, but came back and won it, right? Came back and won it, and um, yeah, uh, and then that happened again, you know. So, look, he's been in those tough situations, been in those tough situations, and he's come back from that to get the win. So, yeah, yeah, I think you you have to give him props for that. Right, definitely have to give him props for that. In his career, he's got nine TKOs, seven submissions, and he's going up against uh, Mr. Hooker, who is twenty and nine. Twenty and nine, right? So yeah, that's pretty impressive, you know. 
now, Hooker, he's coming off a loss in his last fight. But that was, you know, that war with Dustin Poirier that was definitely, you know, a contender for fight of the year last year. So that was um, June, you know, June last year, just before they went back to um, Fight Island, right? He had a, a war with Paul Felder, Ally Quinter, James, like, beat, yeah, beat James Vick, had the war with Edson Barboza, built, beat, bleh, beat Gilbert Burns, before Burns moved up to the welterweight division, beat um, Jim Miller, Mark DeCasey, Ross Pearson, you know, he's got some good, yeah, some real good fights, you know, so he came to the UFC in uh, June 2014, 2014, ha. Like, I knew he'd been in there for um, a while longer than Adesanya. But, yeah, I'd forgotten it was, um, you know, that early. He's got a loss to um, Yaya Rodriguez. So, you know what I mean? He's been and fought some really, really tough opposition, you know. But, yeah, as mentioned, he trains with Israel Adesanya. Right, so just think of the the monsters in city kickboxing. We have got some friggin' high level fighters. Kai Kara France. We've got um, oh Quake, is it Brian Quake, something like that, right? Riddle. There is some tough dudes, and that that dude that came off of the Contender series at the end of last year. You know, there's some big dudes, some tough dudes. So he's he's fought people, right, who are good wrestlers. Fought people that are good wrestlers. Like he trained with Volkanovski. You know, so he's fought people that are good wrestlers. He trained with people that are good wrestlers. And um he's also trained with people that have like the same kind of body type as Chandler. So there is that, right? And I feel that is, um, that's all very important. You know, so I think they match up very well. You know, they, they really do match up very well. And they've been in the game for roughly the same amount of times. You know, Hooker has been in there for 11 years. And um, Chandler, just under 11 years. So, yeah, they, they've got, the same amount of um, experience, really. Like, another big difference is the fact that Hooker has been in the UFC for six years, you know. So, Chandler, yes, he's fought in Bellator, and Bellator have got some very good fighters. The Pitbull brothers, very good. Henderson, yes, it is the, um, the Moonlight. The twilight, it's the twilight, Meh. you know, it's towards the end of the career, right, so it's not the same Benson Henderson that was champion, right, but it's still, he's still good, you know, so um, Will Brooks, very good, Eddie Alvarez, very good, right, so there is, there is all of that, 
you know, he's fought those tough dudes. You know, so, um, you know, Marcin Held, right, who we've seen. Great fighters. He's, he's, so he's fought with all of those. But on a consistent level, maybe Hooker's fought the tougher competition, right? I feel that is, you know, that's something. You know, there's definitely something. Also, training, right? Training definitely is a big part of it, right? City kickboxing, yeah, they've just been killing it. Their team, understand, we've seen improvements in their fighters, fight after fight. Fight after fight, again, very important. Now, okay, Hooker is six foot. Six foot. He's one of the tallest lightweights, right? So, um, yeah, Chandra is 5'8". You know, Hooker, he comes in with a three and a half reach advantage at 75. You know, he's also huge leg advantage with, I think it's, what, five Five inch leg advantage He's 42.5 Right so You know all very Good very useful Stats Now Chandler has said Look he's fought people Predominantly who are taller than him So he is used to that So is that but Hooker Has caught people with that Jump stepping Knee Countless times Knocked out Ross Pearson with that knee You know he, he, He's deadly I forget if he knocked out He might have knocked out James Vick with the knee You know um, So Yeah like Hooker does match up Extremely well Extremely well Against Chandler You know significant strikes yeah, just all of all of that hooker is um he's just there. So I think this is going to be a extremely tough fight for Chandler. It it's not gonna be just the um yeah, the the easy win I think some people might be thinking. I think Hooker is a threat. You know, he does use the reach well. Like does use the reach well, said uses those knees. You know, he's been in wars, and so has Chandler. Chandler has been in wars, and you have to think, how how much are they taking it out of you? You know, so sometimes we see these really good fighters get to the UFC, but in that journey, they've just had so many wars. So by the time they get there, they're not quite the fighter they were. But this fight, look, we've seen past champions lose their first fight, still, you know, do very well. Eddie Alvarez lost his first, he became champion. And so, hey, I think Hooker's going to win this fight. But it won't tell us what Chandler's, you know, path will actually be. Right? We, we need to see... More from Chandler. This is a perfect time for him to showcase who he is, and I think that's what we will see. We will see a good fight. We will see a very good fight. But I think 
um, iron sharpens iron, and Hooker training with Adesanya is huge. So yeah, my money people is on Dan the Hangman Hooker, which we now get to the big one, the fight everyone has been waiting for, people. That's right. It's the lightweight clash. Dustin Poirier against Conor McGregor. And, you know, this very well could have been a title fight. Now, it's not going to be. But I think it could have some ramifications on what's going to happen with that belt. Right? We know what Khabib said. If something special happens, he's, uh, yeah, he could very well come back. Right? So, Dustin... 26 and 6. 26 and 6. Coming off a win in his last fight, which is the the war with um Mr. Hooker. And um, yeah, it's 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 good that you know that was the last one because that was such a war. Such a war. It's one of those fights that does take it out of you, you know. So um yeah, there there is that, but Oh, when you think about it, Max Holloway, that was a war. Eddie Alvarez, that was a war. Justin Gaethje, that was a war. (laughs) Poirier has had a lot of wars. And there was two fights with Eddie Alvarez, remember, people. You know, there was the, the, the war with Michael Johnson. You know, he has had wars. A lot of wars. So, I I think that's a big thing that should be considered. Right? So, um, listen, he's been in the UFC for a while. Right? For a while. Came over January. 1st of January 2011. Beat Josh Grisby. Jason Young. Pablo Gaza. Max Holloway. Yeah, Max Holloway, early on, people, you know, got some good wins, got some very good wins, but there's a few stumbles, you know what I mean, yeah, that, all, all that stuff happens, all of that stuff happens, right, he, you know, he fought um in the WEC, had two fights in WEC that I think a lot of people might forget, you know, so it's WEC 50, Cruz v Benavides and 52 Faber v Mizagaki. Yeah, so, um, you know, a loss and a win, right? But, um, yeah, he, he's look, he's legit, you know, he's got 13 TKOs, six submissions, he's 32, he's um, yeah, been in the game. For just over 11 years. Right. And he's going up against McGregor. Also 32. 22 and 4. 22 and 4. Right. So he's um, coming off a win in his last fight. Which was the uh, Donald Cerrone one. And that was, as we all know, January last year. Right. Right was a sensational performance, 
sensational performance, right? Ran through Donald. So, welterweight. Um, you know, also, like, um, you know, Dustin, you know, he's fought at featherweight, right? That's where they originally, um, where they originally met, you know? Uh, and, yeah, Connor, he's been in there with some tough people, you know? Eddie Alvarez, Nate Diaz twice, Jose Aldo, Chad Mendes, Dennis Silva, Dustin Poirier, you know, that first one, Max Holloway, I done all of that, won the belts, won the, both of the belts in Cage Warriors, you know what I mean, so, um, yeah, we've seen Connor really just... Yeah, perform, perform on that big stage, you know what I mean, look, Connor has 18 knockouts, 18 knockouts, one submission, you know, so he's done it, they both fought Khabib, both challenged Khabib, and remember everyone used to cuss and be like, oh yeah, Connor, he got handled, Connor, remember, Connor went longer than both Dustin and um, Justin, Dustin and Justin, yeah, you know, longer than both of those against Khabib, right, so I, I think people need to look at that slightly differently, so the big narrative leading into this fight is Dustin is a different fighter, and Dustin definitely is a different fighter, you know, he's, he's not the same as he was in that first fight, right, they were both featherweights. Now, some people are like, oh, well, you know, he can take shots better now. He's moved up. And cutting all of that weight, hey, that probably wasn't good for his body. But everyone knows, Kano looked terrible on the scales at featherweight. Always did. Always looked terrible. Always looked super drained. Right? But they both moved up. They both moved up and they both had phenomenal performances in the lightweight division, you know. And one of the big things, as mentioned, right, Dustin has wars. Dustin has wars, Connor Merck's people, right. He He's probably biggest war was against Nate Diaz and that was at welterweight, right. Went the full five, went the decision, you know, and listen, we, we saw the evolution right there. Because, you know, he lost the first one. Lost the first one. But we saw him make the changes. Make the changes. Conserve himself a bit more. And I think we've seen that ever since. We've seen that ever since in his fights. And when he takes out people. So, I mean, this is a big thing that people seem to... Not think about, right? He's very precise, right? Dustin, he's been in wars, right? And those wars, he gets shaken. You know, he he nearly, um, you know, he nearly lost the Gaethje fight. Nearly lost that fight. Nearly lost the um, Alvarez fight. You know, he was rocked in both of those. Yeah, I think Pettis might have um, had him in trouble at one point, right? So, 
there, there are those fights when um, Poirier, even though he does manage to get the win, he's in trouble. You know, he's in trouble. Right, he gets hit, and Connor is precise. Right, that's the big thing. Dustin's boxing has improved. Connor's boxing is better. Right, Dustin will get a bit loose with those shots. Right, they do go all over the place at times. Now he will hit you and he will hurt you, but like he will loop some shots. Right, he will miss a lot of shots. Connor doesn't. Connor is very precise with the placement of his shots. Look, we we saw it against Cowboy. Right, we saw it against Cowboy, and people can go, "Oh, well, Cowboy's not good." Like Connor was always gonna. Connor took him out in what twenty seconds, something ridiculous, right? Took him out in something ridiculous. Who else has done that? Right? Think about that. Think about that. Gaethje didn't. Ferguson didn't. Right? Pettis didn't. Like, who else has taken Cowboy out like that? And when we, you know, look at those punch counts, how many shots did Connor miss? I think he he landed every single shot, Right? Every single friggin' shot that tells you the preciseness of McGregor. You know, that's what he does, right? That's what he does. So, yes, Dustin has improved, but Connor is a different animal. It's a different animal, and we've seen him. He is very calm, right? Very calm, now, the brash Connor, yes, the brash Connor is murking people, but, we saw what the calm Connor does, <laughs> we saw what the calm Connor does, so, I think this might be a little bit worrying, right, because if the calm Connor does, you know, things like the Cerrone fight, what the fuck is gonna happen in this one, and the other thing, the Cerrone fight. That wasn't just one twos, one twos, one. No. He threw a variety of different shots, different angles. Right? So he is very inventive in there. Right? He's very inventive in there. So, hey, this is going to be very interesting. It's going to be very interesting because I, I, I think we are going to see something different from McGregor. That's what I believe. I think we're going to see something different. Now, do, I don't believe, you know, Poirier is a pushover. No. Poirier is legit. Poirier is very dangerous. For sure. You know, there's no doubt in that, people. But I think McGregor is just one of those fighters, you know, just at a different, you know, a different level. He's something that we don't see all the time. You know, how long can he stay like that? Who knows? All right, but right now, that's where he is. You know, so McGregor, he's got a two-inch reach, reach advantage with the hands at, um, you know, 74. Uh, Poirier has a 0.5 in the legs at 
And, um, you know, when, when we look at the records and everything like that, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's Connor is just something else, right? Connor is just something else. It's very impressive. Very impressive, you know? So, I think that, um, yeah, I think Connor gets the win. I think it will be spectacular, yeah? And I think it's going to be a great fight, people. And that, that is the main thing. I think it's been going to be a great fight. I think it's going to be something that could, you know, make Khabib come back if he actually wants to fight Conor again. Because that's, you know, Conor could knock him, knock Justin out straight away. Hey, not saying he does, but he could. But it doesn't mean Khabib's coming back. Because Khabib hates Conor. Right? And I don't know if Khabib wants to give Conor that next crack. Right? That will be the big thing. So, it's going to be interesting. But I can't wait. Can't wait, people. It's going to be fun. So, um, there you go. Okay, people. So, um, yeah. That's it. We're done. This is the end of part two. There's no part three. But before we bounce, let's take a look and see um, fights. What's been announced? What's going down? Well, before we get to those, it looks like UFC has a new welterweight. Um, they've signed Colston Harris. Uh, he, it looks like he's been fighting out of, um, you know, the Middle East. Um, last few fights, but yeah, he's just signed a contract. Now, it looks like Brian Kelleher and Ricky Simone are finally going to be able to get it done. They've been scheduled a couple of times, but um, COVID kind of um, scrapped those two fights. So now... 13th of February, which is a UFC 258. That looks to be the date, people. Um, and yeah, that's a good fight, right? So then, a couple of weeks later, on the 27th of February, Vince uh, Cachero will be going up against uh, Roni Lawrence. Um, also on that card, Alexander Hernandez will be fighting Tiago Mayois. That's a good fight. Really is a good fight. And on the 10th of April, John Medeski is going in against Ignacio Bamondiez. So, uh, another intriguing matchup. So, people, that's it. We are done. We will see you on Monday where we'll be talking all things UFC 257. So, uh, yeah, who you got your money on, people? One more sleep. All right. Peace.